Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 103, and I'm drinking Ron Florida Cana, 12. With each episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. I chose to feature Florida Kanya on this episode because my friend Denise is from Nicaragua and she brought me a bottle back recently from a trip. And having the chance to try something straight from the source is nice. So my thanks to my friend Denise for supplying me with this Nicaraguan domestic market intended bottle. And the bottle I have is Florida Kanya. It is 750 milliliters. It is 35% ABV, making it 70 proof. If it was sold in the U.S., it would be 40% ABV, making it 80 proof. I'm not entirely sure why it's a lower proof in Nicaragua than it would be here in the U.S. Also, here in the U.S., this bottle would retail for about $40. And because the Florida Kanya 12 is part of the ultra-premium collection that Florida Kanya has, it comes in a box. So it's a very nice dark blue box with uh, foil, gold foil on it. It's embossed on the front. I'm kind of holding it here as I look at it and describe it. Again, this bottle is from Nicaragua. It was intended for sale domestically in Nicaragua. So all the text is in Spanish. There's some English text sprinkled throughout, in particular, a single estate. Otherwise, it's all Spanish. It is naturally aged near an active volcano, is made from 100% renewable energy. There's five generations of family history. This is fair trade certified. And according to the 2017 International Wine and Spirits Competition, Florida Kanya is the best rum producer in the world. That's my quick, loose translation of the Spanish text that adorns parts of this box. So let's go ahead and open the box. And as I do, we find inside a squat rectangular bottle with a gently sloping shoulder up to a short neck with a cork stopper. It's bespoke clear glass featuring the emboss of a clump of sugar cane to the left of a recess where a paper label sits. A nice design feature is the indent in the base of the bottle where the Florida Kanya script logo is raised there so you can read it through the liquid at the front of the bottle when it's sitting on a table or a shelf. The front label is blue to match the box and it features a large 12 in the top right of it above a logo for certified carbon neutral and zero grams of sugar. The label wraps to the right side of the bottle and includes Spanish text for top charity donor. The rum is distilled with 100% renewable energy and 50,000 trees are planted each year since 2005. The back label is simple with a barcode. This also lacks the U.S. government warning that tends to take up a lot of space, but it does ask you to enjoy in moderation. So let's do that. Let's enjoy it in moderation. Let's open it up. Okay, we've got some shrink wrap here. Oh, easy to get off. I like that always. And let's see if we get a nice pop. Ooh. And as with all spirits on Liquor in the Core Connoisseur, I am tasting it using a clean Glen Karen glass. It's a whiskey nosing glass. Tulip shaped, allows you to see the spirit. 
smell the spirit, and of course, taste the spirit. So let's go for a pour. In the glass, the color is the same as you see in the bottle. I would describe it as almost a mahogany color. It's a nice reddish amber color. It's got a little bit of uh, tears or legs as you swirl it, just let you know there's alcohol in the glass. On the nose, oh, oh, that's pleasant. That's, um, there's not sharp edges on it that I kind of expected. Let me try it again. It's really, how do I describe this? Okay, so the brand says that there's some vanilla on the nose, and yeah, I can I can pick up that. Also, a, a fruitiness to it, some tropical notes. Slightly sweet or caramel on the nose. Let me try one more. I read some people described maybe a, a Nutella or a confectiony. Uh, kind of nuttiness to it. I don't know if I necessarily get that. It's very nice on the nose. Moment of truth. Let's go for a taste. Mm. Wow. Okay. I get ethanol burn. You get the alcohol, you can feel the heat, but it's not spicy. It's, I get a really nice woody charcoal, but not a burnt flavor to it at all. It's very, very pleasant. It's light on the palate. Doesn't have much of a lingering finish, actually. I'm going to go for another, another taste here. Yeah, really woody vanilla flavors. It's got rum flavor to it. There's something I get. It's uh, it's really balanced, I will say. And honestly, I think I could drink a lot of this. It's smooth. Again, smooth is a descriptor that doesn't always say much. It is kind of the lack of harshness, I guess. And so when something's well-aged, mellowed quite a bit in uh, an oak barrel, it makes it smooth. And so that that is this. One more taste. It's not sweet. I kind of expected it to be sweet from the nose, but it's not sweet. It's just really pleasant, woody, vanilla, this charcoaliness to it, but it's really well balanced. You get kind of a a different flavor on the sides of the tongue than you do on the center of the tongue. All around, really good. Okay, let's talk history. Florida Kanya dates to 1890. That's the date on the bottle, but the story begins some years earlier in 1875 when a young Italian leaves his native Genoa for adventure, traveling to the exotic country of Nicaragua. Nicaragua is the largest country in Central America, it gained independence from Spain in 1821, though of course the land that makes up the country of Nicaragua was inhabited by 
various indigenous people for millennia before the Spaniards arrived at the beginning of the 1500s. Alfredo Francisco Peleas Canesa is the man behind the brand. I may have mispronounced it. I'll just refer to him as Alfredo from here on out. He was just 25 when he immigrated to Nicaragua. He didn't come to rum making right away, though. When he first arrived in Central America, he invested in a steamboat route to transport goods from the East Coast, the Caribbean side, to the West Coast or Pacific side, presumably along rivers and across the large Lake Nicaragua. But Alfredo saw the writing on the wall with the Panama Canal coming, so he got out of the transport business. Next came sugarcane. The rich volcanic soil in the shadow of the volcano San Cristobal in Chichigalpa, Nicaragua, is where Alfredo tried his hand at becoming a sugarcane plantation owner. Sugarcane had not been grown in the area previously, but the land was well suited for it. At the end of the harvest in 1890, it's said the workers celebrated with some rum distilled from the molasses at the sugar mill. It seems to have been a bit of an unofficial product, sanctioned by the owners, but intended just for consumption by the family and staff of the sugar estate. Yet the rum was good, and demand for it grew, and likely with a dose of economic motivation, Florida Caña was launched as a brand in 1937 with the founding of Compañía Licaria de Nicaragua, the parent company of Florida Caña. A distillery had already been constructed and was in use. The first two expressions of the rum were a yellow label and a red label, sold just in the domestic Nicaraguan market. By 1959, Florida Caña was exported to other Central American countries. Then in the 1980s, the brand stockpiled a huge amount of aging rum, amassing the largest reserves of aged rum in the world. And honestly, this seems like an odd choice for a for-profit company to make, as it represents a huge capital investment. What the brand glosses over or simply doesn't mention is that I suspect they stockpiled the rum because from 1981 to 1990, Nicaragua became a proxy war battleground in the Cold War. The United States backed the Contras, who were waging war against the Sandinistas, who received aid and support from the Soviet Union, as each party in the conflict aligned with the superpowers' ideals. This war cost the lives of tens of thousands of Nicaraguans, not too unlike the current Russian invasion of Ukraine, unfortunately. But politics aside, I suspect that during the tumultuous decade of the 1980s, Florida Kanya's export business suffered, but they kept up with supply. The staying power would prove to be a benefit for the brand in the 1990s and beyond. By 1999, Florida Caña was available in 40 countries and 5 continents worldwide, including the United States, where I can buy a bottle locally, though it's definitely a treat to get a domestic market bottle from a friend. And with deep reserves, the brand was able to produce a range of high-quality bottlings at very affordable prices. At the beginning of the 2010s, the brand invested more in itself. They started factory tours in 2012, and the site includes a tasting experience, tour of an aging warehouse, a visit to a museum that includes various brand artifacts, and of course, a gift shop. They also modernized their production processes and leaned into eco-friendly initiatives as listed on the bottle. 
The following year, in 2013, Florida Kanye updated the branding to the current version. This included new bottles and new label designs. I also believe that this is when they dropped the age statements on the bottle in favor of the numbers, often followed with slow-aged as a descriptor. That doesn't say it's 12 years old, just says 12, slow-aged. And this age statement bit that goes along with the numbers on the bottles is the topic of much debate in rum circles. I watched a video of a liquor rep proclaiming that for Florida Kanye 12, that 80% of the rum in the blend is 12 years old, the remaining 20% is near that age, perhaps a bit younger or maybe a bit older. I'll provide a link to the Spanish language YouTube and show notes, but I'm not sure it's official. Florida Kanye, prior to 2010, most definitely provided an age statement that was clearly listed as a 4-year-old rum, 7-year-old rum, 12-year-old rum, etc. Maybe by the 2010s, they had exhausted the stockpile from the 1980s and hadn't replenished it as much, so out of necessity, perhaps they needed to blend more varied aged barrels to achieve a quality product. And that might be part of the reason for the change. This is all just conjecture on my part, but I truly don't know. It does, though, seem probable. At any rate, I strongly believe the average consumer, myself included, assumes that a big number 12 on the bottle with slow-aged below it means it's a 12-year-old rum, but legally that is not the case. This deliberate consumer confusion I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. The numbers do correlate to a style it's likely achieved through aging, And if it's not all exactly on the money aligned with the number, so what? It's slow-aged, and that's a vague descriptor. Spirits judges agree with me. In so much as Florida Kanye was awarded the title of Best Rum in the World in 2017 at the International Wine and Spirits Competition, the brand is referred to as the most awarded rum in the world. In 2021, the brand was honored with Distillery Sustainability Award and Ethical Award during the 2021 Spirits Business Awards for its leadership in sustainable practices. They also started a tree planting campaign in 2005, as noted on the box, and they've planted 800,000 trees since, with a goal of planting another 70,000 during 2022 when I'm recording this episode. The company remains family-owned, and the fifth generation is involved today. So, now onto how it's made. One of the things I think that makes Florida Kanye special is it's a single estate product. This means everything in the bottle came from the same estate under control of the company. From the sugarcane fields to harvest, sugar milling to molasses, from which then the rum is distilled. Of course, the distillation is under control of the brand, as is aging, blending, and bottling. Florida Kanye is a little piece of Nicaragua in a bottle. So production is pretty straightforward for rum. They, of course, grow and harvest all of the sugarcane. Then with the molasses that comes from the sugar mill, it's distilled through a five-column, large-column still after it's been fermented. The stills are operated with 100% renewable energy. This is achieved by using the sugar mill's biogas combustion for steam generation. Aging is done in ex-bourbon barrels, charred white oak barrels, that are sealed at the heads with plantain fibers 
stuffed in as a natural gasket. This may impart some flavor to the finished product. Critically, the rum is all natural. There are no added sugars or colors to any of it, nothing artificial. It's just what comes off the still and out of the barrels. Florida Cana are blended rums in so much as they are a blend of various barrels, and as mentioned with regards to the age statement, which it lacks, the barrels will vary in age. But all of the rums are from Florida Cana Estate, thus it's single estate. The brand offers a range of rums from 4 years to 30 years, and the 30-year-old indeed does carry a bona fide age statement and a piece of volcanic rock as the stopper above the cork. It's a rare bottling for sure. The 12 that I've been drinking is part of the Ultra Premium Collection, which is packaged in these short bottles, whereas the Super Premium and Premium Collections that are labeled from 10 and lower down to 4 are in tall squared bottles. They're reminiscent of a Johnny Walker scotch bottle, if I'm being honest. And that's what I know about how Florida Cana is made. So now let's talk cocktails and consumption. This 12 is definitely a rum worthy of sipping. I'm going to consume it probably all neat, just right out of my Glencairn. The brand, however, does recommend that you try it in a rum old-fashioned with this expression. So in summary, what do I think of Florida Kanye 12? It's a great rum. I am really very pleased with this rum. At 70 proof, it's not overly bold. Um, it's very smooth. I really like it. It's balanced and soft. It's very sessionable is a way you might describe it. I think I could, if I was not being careful, I think I could drink more than I should. I will just say that it is very easy drinking. Uh, it probably would go nice in an old-fashioned if you're doing a rum old-fashioned. It's a quality product, and here in the U.S., if you're buying this bottle at about $40, that's a pretty good value for a rum that's purported to be probably around 12 years old, mostly. I mean, it's a single estate product. If you were to compare this rum to a, you know, 10 or 12-year-old single estate scotch or whiskey, I think you're going to find a comparable product, but this may be less expensive. I think it's a great value as a brand overall. They've got a range from a four-year-old white rum up to their special 30-year-old fide. <laughs> I'm going to have to see how much it costs, but they've got it on their website. It is available for sale in some places, not in my state. It's a showpiece, a special bottle, and it's probably amazing as well. The last thing I'll say about Florida Kanye is they really walk the walk when they're talking about environmental and sustainable and ethical practices. They're fair trade certified. Something I didn't mention before is that starting in 1913, they provided free health care to their employees and set up schools and stuff. So they've done a tremendous amount to take care of their people, which is really admirable in a brand. You know, as a for-profit enterprise, the business owner doesn't necessarily have to provide all these sort of fringe benefits. And certainly other rum producers and other spirits producers in parts of the world don't do that. So if you're just looking for a brand of rum that aligns with sustainable practices, Florida Cana is tops. It's probably unsurpassed in any spirit. So that's a good thing. You can feel good about buying it and drinking it. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. 
Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcast platform. I'm also active on social media. Currently, Facebook and Instagram are where I'm most active. I love hearing from my listeners, so if there's a spirit you would like me to feature in an upcoming episode, please do reach out. And if you're a brand and you think you've got a good story, reach out as well. Contact information is available on the website. And as always, thank you for listening.